day, this is Sabrina Marie, host of the Building Abundance Success Series. Our primetime mastermind that promotes empowered, focused, decisive action and inspired outcome. Our spotlight is on Earth Week. It's been a fabulous Earth Week. I've had wonderful array of guests and learned an awful lot. Hope you have too. Today is no exception. Today we talk about the topic of health, wellness, and beauty from the Earth. My guest is Annette Larkins, and you've seen her featured on NBC's The Doctors. Heard her on the Tom Jordan Morning Show and her fabulous PBS specials, in which she displays her raw food, lifestyle, and cuisine. She's been a raw food vegan for over 50 years, and her health and youthful benefits have inspired millions all over the world. In fact, at 71, she's accused of being her husband's daughter. Her health and wellness benefits she hopes to share with the world, and those PBS specials are now called Annette's Raw Kitchen. They're available on DVD. Go to our website, AnnetteLarkins.com. This is fascinating information we can all use, so let's get to it. Annette Larkins, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Sabrina Marie. I'm very happy to be with you. Wonderful to have you here. I read a lot about your story, and I've seen you on everything from the doctors. I know you just uh, also had been on Tom Joyner Morning Show. Tell our audience a little bit about who you are and uh, what you do. Well, I am, as you said, Annette Larkins, here in the flesh. And um, <laughs> Well, I am uh, in the health arena, have been for a very long time. I happen to be 71 years young, I always say, and uh, and I say that because I say 71 years young because I think there's a difference in being 71 years young and 71 years old. Uh, youth, as we all know, uh, has that feeling of vitality, of looking good, feeling good, and being agile and being able to, you know, jump and do things that are conducive to uh, being indicating a healthy individual, and so that's why I say 71 years young. We all know that, hey, I'm old, all right, but <laughs> I like to say 71 years young. I am a vegetarian. I'm a raw vegan. I started out 50 years ago as uh, just being a vegetarian, and it was so funny because during that time it had nothing to do with health. I became a vegetarian because I began to abhor the taste the touch, the smell of dead animal flesh. And an interesting note is that my husband was a butcher at the time. He owned a butcher shop. And so when I sat down and told him after two weeks of not having consumed any animal flesh, I told him in our dining room, I said uh, to him that I had no intention of ever, I told him that I hadn't had any meat, as I said, for two weeks, and I had no intentions of ever eating it again. Well, he was floored by that because he looked at me and he said, Honey, what's the matter? You think you need to see a doctor? He thought I had gone insane. (laughs) So I fell on the floor with laughter, of course. I mean, that just took me (laughs) It took as shocked as he was about the change. I was as shocked by his reaction because it was just funny to me that he thought something was wrong with me because I had abstained from animal flesh. Well, when I picked myself up off the floor laughing, and I mean literally, I fell on the floor, I understood where he was coming from because neither of us had ever met a vegetarian at that time. We did not know one, not to our knowledge anyway, and we both thought I loved meat. And um, 
I, what had happened, I explained him what had happened, as I explained in my first booklet, Journey to Health, that after having had uh, the breakfast of um, bacon and ham, I think it was, and we may have even had sausages, I do believe. We may have, hey, he was a butcher. We could afford to have as many meats as we wanted. And being that good old southern, old-fashioned, uh, we had grits and eggs and uh, all of that gooky stuff, what I consider gooky now, but at that time, that was our food. And um, I had, uh, we had jam and whatever, butter and all that stuff, but I had removed chop from the freezer to thaw for our evening meal. And when I went to check on their, uh, the, the, uh, just wanted to see what was going on with, as far as the thawing, you know, just the progress of how they were thawing. And I looked at them in the kitchen sink. And at that moment, something happened. And I had no idea from whence it had come, but I began to abhor the taste, the touch, the smell of dead animal flesh. Didn't want to have anything to do with it. However, this was in 1963. I was 21 years old at that time. You notice I've got going from <laughs> the young part is the old <laughs> and the older is the young. Uh, but I was 21 years old. And I stood there looking at those chops. And that, at that moment, I just knew I, I had no intention of ever eating dead animal flesh again. Nevertheless, I continued to cook it for my family, so I was cooking two separate meals. Now, the reason this happened is because it had nothing to do with health, didn't have to do with religion or anything like that. It, it was, as I stated, and I thought it would be unfair of me to subject my family to an idea that I had seemingly suddenly come upon. And so, I mean, I knew your four basic food groups, like everybody else at the time, but I didn't know any, anything about... Um, I mean, otherwise it had nothing to do, as I said, with health. It was just my distaste that came about. And um, I continued to cook it for them for years. Uh, and, I mean, I don't cook it now. I have two kitchens, one upstairs where I prepare my food, and then there's the big, bigger kitchen downstairs. But um, this, that's how it began for me. And I began to notice the changes. The differences, I mean, I would catch a cold if anybody, I would tell people that if I caught a cold or if someone else had a cold and came around me sniffling and they could be pretending to have a cold, I would actually show them how to get down sick with it. And this happened quite frequently. It's like everything was, the germs were airborne, they just get to me and I would get sick and all of that. And I noticed that this wasn't happening to me anymore. So even with the change in very vegetarian style, it made a difference. I seemed to have uh, increased my energy level. Uh, I was no longer getting cold the way that I had. And I was noticing these changes. So that was the beginning. Uh, I call it my journey to health because uh, that was the first step. Now, being the bibliophile, I tell in my booklet that I am uh, just a lover of books. I, it's just a reason that I would read the material that would lead me further onto the path. And this is what happened. I started reading something about nutrition and saw the the um, devastation that um, could happen with food, eating the wrong kinds of food. And dairy products was included in that, uh, being very mucousy. And so I gave dairy products up. I, I wasn't eating eggs and uh, any of the cheeses and meats. But that took a while. And then I, I stopped doing that. And then the next phase was 
um, abstaining from the white stuff, the white rice, the white sugar and flour and all of that. But I was still at that point eating um, cooked food. Now, later on, I came across some information about uh, raw foods, and I thought, well, good heavens, raw food, is that insane or what? <laughs> Am I not doing enough? And so it was very strange, but I thought about it, and I said, you know, it makes sense. To me, there is a universal truth that if you eat something in its natural state, it's going to be better for you than if you debilitate it by over-processing it, over-cooking it. So it made sense. I kind of filed it away. Uh, for future information, and then at some point, guess what? I was ready to meet that challenge, and I did. And, um, of course, the first time I tried, because I was trying to sustain myself on salads alone, it didn't work. I was like, I don't think I even went a week. I tell people I went a week, but I don't think I even made it through a week because I was trying to sustain myself on salads alone. And so... <laughs> My taste buds were uh, just uh, not going along, and they were saying, girl, you got to put some zeal in this raw deal. So mm-hmm. I had to stop and regroup and think about, okay, I know my taste buds. I know what they're looking for, so let me think of some things, some ways. And uh, I did. I began to do things in a way that uh, would satisfy my taste buds. And so I was in the raw food realm, what I call the kingdom of living foods, live and raw, where live is king, raw is queen, and I am a willing and loyal subject. That is where I find myself today, and it's been almost 30 years. So it's been 50 years since I've been vegetarian, and 30 years, uh, going on 30 years since I've been live and raw into living foods. And um, I'm very happy to be where I am. Amen. I was going to ask you, you said that you were a Southerner. Where are you from originally? I always used to say that I was from Michigan, uh, but Detroit, but I was actually born in Asheville, North Carolina. However, I know nothing of that place, and I've been in Florida so long. I'm a full-fledged Floridian. I'm in Miami, Florida, here, and I wouldn't want to be anyplace else, quite frankly. Uh, I love to go and visit other places, but Miami is my home. So I'm a Floridian. But what I meant by Southern, I mean that Southern eating style that people have, mm-hmm. you know, with the grits and the bacon and the eggs and all of that stuff. The good soul food. That's what they yeah. call it anyway. They yeah, yeah, well, that's what they call it, soul food. But, you know, the soul food has been killing us for years, mm-hmm. our people. Yeah. And, you know, I always tell people that back in slavery time, when our people were given the worst of the food, they took and did the best that they could do with it. But it came along, and I mean, even the whites started to eat it and enjoy it as a soul, as you know, as soul food. But it has been killing us. So I always contend that the shackles have been removed from our ankles and our wrists. It's now time we remove them from our minds. Because it has been killing us. I mean, I grew up on on what I went where I call hog was king. My mother tried to feed me everything the hog had to offer, except it squeal, and sometimes she tried to get that in. <laughs> so uh, I know about ham hocks and pig feet and all that stuff, and I thought I enjoyed that. So, but you know, it's really interesting. I believe I told about this in the first booklet, Journey to Health, that when I would be eating 
those ham hocks, and you see that little uh, jiggly fat coming out of it, momentarily I would think, yuck, yuck. But I would continue to eat it. What else did I know? This was my food. I knew nothing else. I knew I did not know there was another way. And so I under I always understood when people say I got to have my meat. You know I understood that because I came from that background where I really I was worse than some people because I could not have a meal unless it contained meat. I mean if I ate meat if I didn't have meat. So I understood that, but. Hospitals are filled with people who are digging their graves with their forks because of the the hog and the rest of it. And it's just that, uh, listen, I'm not trying to convince anybody who does not wish to be convinced, but anybody who wants to get on the bandwagon, uh, I say let's have a fantastic ride if they are willing to understand that it does make a difference because I'm mean, going to have to tell you that my family history dictates to me that had I not made a change in my life, for whatever reason it was, had I not made that change, I would not be talking to you, Sabrina Marie, today. Because my mother died at 47 of breast cancer. Her mother died at 36 of breast cancer. My grandmother had sisters who died early on of breast cancer. And if I had continued on in the same vein as my four people, I too would have been dead. I, I'm positive of that. I'm just sure of that because it, it just, I, I, I don't think I would have made it. Your social circle, your husband, people I'm sure saw a difference because you appear decades youthful than uh, your chronological age. When did that manifestation start to really become profound? Well, you know, um, I don't, it, it's very interesting that when I was very young, like, uh, even a teenager, I appeared older than my years. I, I appeared more mature than my years. So it's like a, a reversal. That's what happened. And I've always, I, I, people have always said, well, once I got, they, when I was very young, they said I, I, I appeared older. I had a certain maturity about me and I was, and, and body wise, I was structured so that I had a mature look and I, I guess my manner and things were more mature. It's just that I, and I can't really tell you what age it was when people began to tell me that I was looking younger, but I've had that for so long when they would say you look younger than your years. That began, of course, I had to become an adult. Uh, and reach some point, and I don't know what that is. I've never even thought about it. But at some point, they people start saying, "Well, what? You don't look, you know, that age. You know, you look younger." And I don't know what. Uh, I'd have to even go back in the recess of my brain and try to pull that out and think about when that was. But it began to happen, and um, that uh, that was um, something that um, I guess that was it. It was a turnaround, as I said, from. Uh, being young and told you look more mature and whatever, and then going in the opposite direction. Your garden, I know you do gardening in terms of, uh, you know, wellness, and that has a lot to do with spirit, you know, food from the earth. When did you start that? I'd say at least about 45 years. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, yep, That's I've been doing wonderful. it. At least that long, at least 45 years, I've been, always been growing something. I've grown all kinds of ways. I remember when I would grow, 
outside, I would hang, and we had this, this wall around our house, the fence, the cement fence, and I would hang from the little rapids or whatever on top of it. I'd hang um, baskets and and put uh, chips, some kind of chips in there, and I would do that um, hydroponically. Of course, hydroponically, I grow inside now, but that was my first experience with hydroponic growing. But I was always growing something from that time way back when. So it's been like, I, I think, as I think about it, it's probably been about 45 years. Wonderful. Now, have you been able to pass this on to other members of your family and friend circle? Um, my oldest son is um, following in my footsteps. He tells me all, all the time, Mom, whatever he calls me at the moment, Mom, Mama, Mother, I just want to be like you. He says, I want to be like you so much. And he's endeavoring at this time to really become full-fledged raw foodist and he kind of falls off at times but he's thriving and he he's striving to do it and he's thriving as a result of it and that's why he wants to do it because he knows the benefits of it and I always tell him of course that old habits are difficult to break but if you replace those old habits with habits with new good ones then they they too are difficult to break so I always I'm here to encourage him and help him along now each member of my family has Always, because they have seen benefits and thought that it was the thing to do, the right way to be, uh, they have uh, tried to incorporate in their lives. Like, for example, my husband, when I told you about, um, he, in my 18th year of vegetarianism, he became a vegetarian. And it lasted for six years. Now, his excuse was that back during that time, uh, he's a businessman and, and he would take people out to lunch or they would, whatever they'd meet and, and they didn't have the salad bars available at that time that they have now. And he always said, well, you know, he kind of got back into the fish thing first and then it was the fish and the chicken. And see, his reasons were different than mine. He saw the benefits I was deriving from being a vegetarian so that he thought uh, he could partake and experience some of the same things. And that's what put him into that realm. So his was quite different than mine, or his reasoning was quite different than mine. But after six years, and, and I explained to him, I said to him, now listen, knowing human nature and all that, I said, you know, on my epithet, they can put uh, that it was her endeavor to be fair. And I think I've been fair for 18 years so that if you decide that you don't want to remain in this state, then understand that you're either going to have to cook it for yourself or you'll have to go out and get it. And um, he understood that thoroughly because after six years and then he had, you know, progressively uh, gone back into the way of life that he had had before with the food. He never once asked me to cook him anything so that um, he understood that. And then my other son, I had two sons. Uh, the, younger, the youngest one, uh, he was a vegetarian for a year. And then he hmm. said one day he had a, a Big Mac attack. <laughs> he said <laughs> because they were, uh, he was with some friends and they were like, uh, daring him or whatever, whatever. And he took the dare and then from there it was just straight ahead 
and he fell back into the abyss. Mm-hmm. But wow. they have each tried. And as far as people go around, you know, it's funny because I was telling this uh, girlhood friend, we had been girlhood friends, and she lives in Jersey now. And uh, one, this was years ago. I said to her, um, you know, I explained to her that I am a raw foodist. And she said, Annette, if I didn't eat cooked food, I would die. Ooh. And I said to her, on the contrary, called her name, you would live. And we spoke, this was years ago, but we spoke recently, about, as recent as, um, recently is about two months ago. And when I was telling her, I said, you know, I'm always talking about you because I always bring that up. That incident when we when we uh, interacted about my being raw, and she said to me, Annette, I wish I had listened to you then. She said because, girl, I have everything, and I won't use her words, <laughs> but she said I have everything that you can think of wrong with me. That mm-hmm. she started naming off diabetes, hypertension. Whatever, whatever. She had a few mini strokes or something. Anyway, she said, and I have to drag myself out of the bed in the morning, drag drag myself to the shower, and then I have to have the water scalding hot to get me going. And she said, it's just not good. I wish I had listened to you all those years ago. So, you know, go figure. I never tried to, though. Um, coerce anyone into what I'm into. As I said, I don't get on soapboxes. I don't preach to anyone. When people come to me, though, I will certainly, whatever I have to offer, I share. But uh, I, I never try to convince anyone. So when she, I, that was just the extent of our conversation about it all those years ago. Uh, I never said to her, you know, I just told her, on the contrary, you would live. And I and, and I don't think she really got that at the time. But seeing the difference in the two of us at this stage, it came to her over the years what the difference really is. Annette's Raw Kitchen and the Journey to Health. I know you've been on cable TV and you've done publications on this lifestyle for many, many years. Tell us about this. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, it began 12 years ago when I began to introduce to the public my lifestyle. And I, that was with my first book, with Journey to Health. In 1999, I had finished it in 2000, and that was the beginning of that. And um, I worked that on a small level uh i later it was i don't know about two years after that i did the journey to health too and um it's probably been about six years since i did the five what is it, six years whatever i did the the annette's raw kitchen but how the annette's raw kitchen came about that was due to the fact that i had a, a local television show it was a pbs a production, it was a 12-part series, and I did that. Uh, it was called Health Alternatives with Living Food, and on there, I would interview guests uh, that were into health alternatives, different, and, and uh, 
it talk, we talked about uh, body internal body cleansing. Uh, what uh, about three guests? That was the very first show. We talked about that, and then the next show, uh, I stated that now that we've told you about cleansing the body, now we'll tell you what food to put in it. And we, I had an organic farmer. We went to visit the market that he has on Saturday, and uh, then I had an in studio guest that was on lo- on location in studio guest of a guy who was a farmer too and he had micro greens that he spoke of. So we had all kinds of people from Hippocrates Health Institute, uh, the founders of that and then in studio we went to their uh, place and we interviewed the founders, uh, not founders, I'm sorry directors because Ann Wigmore is the one who who, um, founded Hippocrates Health Institute but uh, these were the directors of the institute in West Palm Beach. We interviewed those people, and then in studio, that was on location, and then in studio with with that particular uh, set of guests, we had uh, the doctor, a doctor who had been a visiting doctor at Hippocrates. So these were the kinds of things we had. We had a children, uh, a physician who, a family practitioner, but we focused on the children because I wanted to get everything in, you know, I could, as much as I could in that 12-part series, and so we talked about the children and uh, this doctor, MD, who practices um, alternative medicine. And uh, this was the kind of thing that went on with that. So what I did is I took those, uh, each show would have me in my downstairs kitchen preparing food, showing people how to prepare delicious mouth-watering, non-cooked foods. So what I did is later on, I took those 12 recipes from the 12-part series and added to them and created the DVD, Annette's Raw Kitchen. And that's how that came to about. And we have that as a bundle on AnnetteLarkins.com. Uh, you can get them separately, of course, but the bundle, I always tell people it's great to have the bundle because, and most people, that's what they order, the bundle, because the the DVD is, is totally about recipes, but... The booklets complement the DVD in that after each segment on the DVD, I'll, after I've done a segment, recipe segment, I'll say something to the effect of, oh, Sabrina Marie, you're going to love it. Your family's going to love it. It's going to be yummy, yummy for my tummy. And um, <laughs> then on the blue screen comes the recipe, but after the recipe, it shows you where the it's located in either booklet. So that's a good thing because people, you know, that instead of having to stop and pause and write it down, it's in lo- in both booklets uh, and it tells you where it is. And so and so the booklets, in addition to having the recipes in the back of the booklets, I mean, they focus on little health stories. I have one in the first booklet. I have a health story about my little granddaughter whom they were going to put in the hospital and do what I called uh, uh, exploratory observation because they had no idea what was wrong with her. Well, I took the child and in one day after my observation, I found out what was wrong with her and I eliminated the problem. I eliminated the problem, really. And and yeah, they can read about that in the first booklet. But um, I have stories, health stories, and um, telling people how to sprout in the first booklet and all that. Twelve helpful hints in both booklets and in the second booklet, first booklet I talk about the benefits of wheatgrass and then in the second booklet I talk about the benefits of uh, blue-green algae. Well, both of those are, it's a chlorophyll in those particular um, things that um, 
is, has a therapeutic value. And I, so you get health stories and, and the book list. And people ask, how do you get so much information in those little books? And I say, well, I go straight for the juggler. People are busy these days. They don't want big, thick books. Not, not most people. <laughs> and so I give them, um, in essence, I give them what they're looking for in a compact way. Yet make it so that uh, you know it's understandable and it, and it's uh, it, it it really uh, carries a, a lot of weight because it 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 hits on several different subjects. This has been great. I wanted to know what's next for Annette Larkins. What are you going to be doing this year? Well, I'm uh, editing uh, right now those shows of which we just spoke. The twelve-part series. People want to know: are uh, are they available in DVD? Uh, so yes, they will be, because I can do what I want to do with them now, and so I'm going to edit those. And the the information is timeless, and I'm editing those, and I'm going to um, put them, have those out for, and I'll I'll write another, you know, another booklet at least. I remember there was one person told me because the books you know they are booklets and one lady told me one time in an interview she says oh because she had the booklets and she says oh i just can see them can't you just see a whole the volumes the volumes of, of these <laughs> these little books <laughs> and i'm going well i don't know how many I'll, i can do but yes uh i i will write another one uh and um perhaps another one who knows because i've taken this uh lady asked me years ago Annette, do you think that this is your calling? Without hesitation, I said yes, but I didn't know the ramifications of what I was saying because it has indeed become my calling. And though I was a little uh, hesitant at first because I didn't, I was a lady of leisure at one time. Now this is full-time business for me. But I am embracing it. I'm enjoying it. I have determined that I'm going to uh this this will be the rest of my life i shall be doing this trying to help people feel as good as i feel jumping out of the bed with whatever time they get up i get up at 5:30 in the morning uh ready to meet the day with a smile and an attitude conducive to not only my own health healthiness but the healthiness of others because people call me and contact me from all over the world and i am it has become my uh life's work i guess at this point is trying to help other people feel good because it does feel good to be have all the energy that i have to have the uh the, the the mentality uh being agile and and all of that and i just want people to understand that you don't have to be broken at 71 you can be vital and vibrant and have have sharpness of mind and that old thing about uh, well, you know, I'm getting up in age, so my memory is not what it used to be. I don't want people to to really get bogged down with the idea that this is what it comes to. One doesn't. One can be vibrant. I am, and there are others like me. And we're the reason it is is because we're doing those things that are conducive to making us healthy, and that's what it's about: being healthy. And then you can do. You can be productive and. And think about the quality rather than the quantity, because one thing about it, our life cycle is going to end at some point. So even though we take the quantity, if we can get it, the quality is what is most important, because I want to be psychologically, physiologically, and spiritually sound at any age. 
You got that right. I think we all do. We just need to give it a chance. Positively. Thank you so much for being with us. This has been fun, learning about your journey, and I know it's going to help lots of people out there. Well, I hope that it does, and it's for people who are interested. And those are the only people I'm concerned about, really, the ones who are interested. I mean, I pity the people who aren't because they could have so much uh, of a better existence if they were to just go get it. The power is within, and that's the thought I want to leave with people. The power is within. It is up to you to recognize that and take and use the power that you've been given to make yourself better, to have a healthier life and a more vibrant and uh, enjoyable life. So, uh, Sabrina Marie, thank you for having me.